Hello, you're listening to the podcast of Bay Ridge Christian Church. Each Sunday, our aim is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ from the text of the Bible and to catalyze the hearts of our hearers to love and gratitude towards God and all of His creation. We hope you enjoy this teaching, and we pray that you will be encouraged to trust in Jesus today. I want to thank you again for taking the time to tune in. Today, we're going to be uh, looking at uh, a teaching out of Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 27 to 31. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verses 27 to 31. If you've never studied the Bible much, the book of Deuteronomy is going to be the fifth book from the beginning of your Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And this is going to be in the fourth chapter. And the teaching that I'm going to be giving today, I'm calling Reset, Redeeming the Quarantine. Uh, What I'm wanting us to be able to understand as a congregation, as individuals, is how we can use this difficult time right now to actually work it for our good. There's a time of disruption, but that in God's economy is always a chance for us to reset and maybe change some priorities and some things that are going on. Obviously, uh, we're seeing disruption like we never have before, economically, socially, relationally. Uh, There's been real challenges for the medical system. It's a very difficult time and we do pray for its end. But in the meantime, how do you and I respond? Is there something that God would want us to do? And how can we redeem the quarantine? How can we make the most of this time in which we find ourselves? And so uh, we saw last week how In the time of trouble, God calls his people to turn towards him and how we can find hope. I want to kind of continue on in that process today and talk about how we can take some steps to actually come out of this time in a better place than we even went into it. So I'm going to open up now in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 27 to 31. The verses will be here on the screen. I encourage you to hear the word of our sovereign God. The Lord will scatter you among the peoples. And only a few of you will survive among the nations to which the Lord will drive you. There you will worship man-made gods of wood and stone, which cannot see or hear or eat or smell. But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him, if you look for him with all your heart and with all your soul. When you are in distress and all these things have happened to you, then in later days you will return to the Lord your God and obey him. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you or forget the covenant with your forefathers, which he confirmed to them by oath. I want us, before we even dive into our Deuteronomy text today, I want us to take a moment and think through a pattern that God has throughout Scripture. And this pattern is a pattern for resets, for things starting new. Now, if you consider all the way back uh, at the very beginning in the opening words of the Bible, we see that God has instituted this pattern of resets, a regular pattern for new beginnings. For example, early in uh, the book of Genesis, we're of course reading about creation. And in Genesis chapter one, we discover that creation and time don't just roll endlessly, but in fact, God institutes a pattern. In Genesis 1.5, we read, God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening 
and there was morning the first day. And as we go through Genesis chapter 1, we see these seven days where God is structuring time. We see repeated over and over, there was evening and there was morning the first day or the second day or the third day. The whole creation is following the structure of day and night, or actually in the Hebrew mindset, night followed by day is the pattern. Uh, but nonetheless, it's Time doesn't just go endlessly. There is this pattern. And God does this because that means every day is a new day. Every day is, in fact, a fresh start, a chance for a reset. Part of the text we looked at last week out of Lamentations. You remember uh, Jeremiah is looking at Jerusalem, which has fallen. He's looking at the disaster of the exile as it has happened to uh, Israel. And he tells us, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So God doesn't change, but we're told that every day is a new chance to experience fresh and new God's grace and mercy. We don't live off of yesterday's mercies. Each day is a reset. Each day is a new chance to experience the mercies of God. And this isn't true just in the early chapters of Genesis in that first creation week, but we see the pattern repeated many other times and ways in the scripture. Uh, it continues in Genesis chapter 1. If you look down at verses 14 and 15, we read, And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night, that same pattern we had already seen, and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. And so notice here, God is saying that time does not flow endlessly without distinction. Just as there was night and day, God says there are days, there are weeks, there are seasons, there are years. These things are markers for us and the, the sun and the moon and the stars are all there to help us mark this time. So God's people in the Old Testament structured their individual family national and religious life around these days and months and seasons and years. They marked each of them with different festivals. There were different requirements as they moved through these times. Now, we oftentimes forget this today because of technology. I'm obviously coming that I can record something and it can be put out on the internet. And there's many wonderful blessings from technology. But one of the difficulties is Throughout most of human history, and in fact, more the way God has designed us, there's daylight to work, and then there's nighttime when everything would slow down and would rest. But due to our technology, we can have light 24 hours a day. But what this leads us to do is there really is no day and night for us anymore, it seems. There are, aren't really any more weeks. It used to be that Sundays were a day that was down, but now we don't have that any longer. Now there's actually one day just flows into another. And there used to be seasons where in certain seasons of the year you could get produce and in other seasons of the year you couldn't get fresh produce. Well, of course, now we can ship it in from somewhere else. And all of these things have advantages, but there's also a disadvantage. We lose the value that through these very things, God was saying each new day, each new week, each new month, each new season, each new year is a chance for a reset, a chance for us to 
take time to reflect and to look and perhaps to make changes in our life. But this technology does not negate the God-given pattern. Now, thirdly, notice that God also instituted a pattern of Sabbaths. We're very familiar that every seventh day in the Old Testament was the, the time of Sabbath that God said there's a day that you are to set aside. Every seventh day is to be a period of rest, that, that once a week you need to take time down for rest and reflection and worship. Um, God also had where there were new moon Sabbaths and there were special festivals. Every seven years was a Sabbath year, and then every seven cycles of those, you got the great year of Jubilee, which was a huge reset for the people of God. When slaves were set free, debts were forgiven, land returned to the family from where it had originated. All of these from the weekly Sabbath all the way through the year of Jubilee were given by God as a reset, a chance to step back, to slow down, to stop, to examine, and then to perhaps live differently in the coming weeks, months, and years. And so we see from creation, God himself has given us days, weeks, seasons, and years as this time of what I'm calling a reset, where you could kind of press the button and you could stop and you could slow down for a minute so that we could rest, we could reflect, we could repent of any sins where we needed to repent, and we could be restored to God's purposes. Now, this will bring us to our text where we're looking in Deuteronomy chapter 4, and you may say, well, what does this have to do with what we were reading in Deuteronomy? Well, there was a major reset in the history of God's people because they did not respond properly to the other. They did not keep the Sabbath the way they were supposed to. They did not keep Sabbath years. They did not practice the years of Jubilee. God warned them that if they did this, they were going to get a major forced reset. And that forced reset was called the exile. And that's what Moses is here more or less prophesying in Deuteronomy chapter 4 and what we saw last week in Lamentations 3 actually came to pass. So notice in Deuteronomy chapter 4, beginning at verse 27, uh, the, the Lord says that he will scatter you among the peoples and only a few of you will survive among the nations to which the Lord will drive you. Moses is warning the people that, look, if you continue on in your sin, if you continue ignoring God, who he is, the way he's actually made the world to operate, this is going to lead you into exile. And exile is going to be a major reset. If you're not following the normal resets that God has given you, God is going to give an enforced reset. He's going to punch the reset button, and it's going to be called the exile. It was going to be a major trying time for the people like they had never experienced. All of life would be disrupted. They would be... Uh, defeated militarily, their economy would crash, their cities would be destroyed, and the people would actually be picked up, and Moses said, carried off into other nations, which of course, tragically, would even lead to many of them dying. This was what would happen in the exile. But God tells them, even in this major reset, there are two possible reactions. Not everybody will respond the same. There are two ways that they could go. Notice in verses 28 to 30. There you will worship man-made gods of wood and stone which cannot see or hear or eat 
or smell. So this is one possible reaction that the people could continue the very idolatry that had gotten them in trouble in the first place. Because Israel had given into the worship of idols, this is why they were not practicing the Sabbath. They were not doing the, the festivals that God was calling them to do. They were not keeping them the, the Sabbath year or the years of Jubilee because their hearts were divided and they were worshiping other gods. And God says here, when you're carried away into the lands of those other gods, where those other gods are the dominant worship, if you haven't worshiped me here, some of you will ignore the reset and you will just press further into your idolatry. Rather than stopping, considering your ways and changing, some of you will press further into the very thing that caused you to go into exile in the first place. Now, such a response would be an utter waste of any good that might come out of this hard time of the exile. The exile was a difficult time, but good could come out of it if they responded properly. But if their attempt was simply to muddle through or to muscle through, to press further into the very habit patterns of sin that had gotten them in trouble in the first place, it would only lead to utter ruin and disaster. But there is a second option. There is a second thing that can happen during these divinely appointed seasons of reset. These are seen in verses uh, 29 and 30. Notice Moses says, but, but if instead of following these idols, if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you look for him with all your heart and with all your soul. When you are in distress and all these things have happened to you, then in later days you will return to the Lord your God and obey him. So instead of looking to the idols, instead of entrenching themselves in the very habit patterns that had gotten themselves in trouble, God says what they could do is take the time to reflect, to repent, to return to God with all their heart and soul and mind and strength. They could use this time of reset to turn to God with fresh urgency, seeking him with their whole heart and soul. And such a response would redeem the time. Such a response would say, we're in this difficult situation, but rather than groaning, and complaining, rather than simply trying to muddle through or muscle through and continue the same patterns, we're going to use this as a time to stop, to reflect, to consider our ways, and to look and say, are there any ways that God would be speaking to me where I need to change? And can I seek God with special, fresh urgency in this season? If they would do that, they would redeem the time. If they would do that, even this difficult situation would end up working to their good. There would be a beneficial effect. Now notice Moses completes this passage by telling us there's a basis. There's a reason that we can do this. And that reason is because our merciful covenant God. Notice in verse 31, for the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you or forget the covenant with your forefathers, which he confirmed to them by oath. See, in the exile, it appeared that God was far away. In the exile, it appeared that God's covenant had failed. 
In the exile, it appeared that God's promises were not true. But Moses was reminding them, no, that may be what the circumstances seem to appear to say, but it's not true. Our God is a merciful God. Our God is a covenant-keeping, covenant-remembering God. He stands by what he has said. And Moses tells them, you can trust him. And it's very similar to what we saw last week in Lamentations 3, where Jeremiah says it's because of the Lord's compassion and his mercy that we're not consumed, that they never fail. Great is God's faithfulness. Moses is, in essence, prophesying this. These words are probably in Jeremiah's mind, even as he's penning that in Lamentations 3. Because God is the merciful, faithful God who remembers and keeps his covenant of grace, we have a reason to hope that we can turn to him in such times, and he will not push us away, but he will rather be gracious and kind to bring us to himself. And that is a basis for hope, even in the darkest of times. And that, again, is why Jeremiah repeats this in Lamentations 3 and in Jeremiah chapter 29. Now, if we consider this principle that I'm talking about, where Moses was laying this out, we can see this recorded in the scripture. In fact, many of the people of Israel did respond the right way. Not all did. Some, some did not. They pressed on and stayed in their idolatry. But we see that the exiles were brought back. And one thing that had happened, whatever problems Israel brought back into the promised land with them after the exile, among them was not idolatry. It was radical surgery, but it did bring healing to that sin pattern for Israel. They had learned their lesson. But if you consider the same thing, you can see in other places. For example, the Apostle Paul, a man of great energy and drive who was traveling the extent of the Roman Empire to try and preach the gospel, suddenly found himself arrested. But we have no hint that Paul sat in the jail simply moaning and groaning. In fact, if you read Acts chapter 16, one of the first times Paul is jailed, we see that he immediately begins praising and worshiping God with Silas, and that actually leads to further mission. And of course, much of what we know as the New Testament was actually penned by Paul when he was in prison. When Paul was, as it were, under arrest, he could not leave. His freedom of movement had been restricted. Rather than simply trying to you know, get his way through it and just say, well, I'm just going to have to sit here and I can do nothing, Paul was used by God to pen much of the New Testament. John Bunyan, a great leader during the time of the Reformation, was thrown into prison for preaching the gospel. And while Bunyan was in prison, he wrote the book, Pilgrim's Progress, which is one of the uh, greatest books of Christian writing throughout history. It's one of the most widely read, translated into so many different languages. Uh, a couple of years back, I reread it again myself. I've read it many, many times. I used to read uh, a children's version to my kids. It is a great writing, and it all came about while Bunyan was in prison. He was in a divinely appointed time of reset and he did not respond wrongly or simply try to muddle through. He rather sought God and was used by God to write this great work. One other example I can give is Isaac Newton, who actually, you may not be aware, we know of him from physics and mathematics and things like that. We think of him as a scientist. He actually did more writing on 
theological topics and his understanding of God and scripture and all of that than he even did on science. But while Newton was a young student at Cambridge, there came a time of plague, much like what we're going through now. He, like our college students, was sent home and it had to be home for almost a year. Now, Newton could have simply idled his time away, become frustrated, but in this divinely appointed time of reset, Newton actually developed the early formulas and stages of what we now know as calculus, and also went out and sat under an apple tree there at his parents' place on the estate. And yes, it is that apple tree from which, as the story goes, the apple fell and led to the discovery of the laws of gravity. That was happening while Newton was home, basically in a quarantine. So from Israel to Paul to Bunyan to Newton, we see examples where we can respond to a time of divine reset properly. We can redeem the time. Well, I want to talk to us now about how we can use our reset to redeem the quarantine. I'm going to list a number of ways that we can do this. Now, obviously, we are in a time of reset here in our quarantine. This is not exile but it is a time of reset. Many of the things that we've normally done, many of our habit patterns have been disrupted. We're all experiencing disruption in our lives in one way or another, and this is likely to continue for a significant period of time. And so you and I are confronted with the exact same options that confronted the exiles and all the other people I've mentioned. We can simply try to muddle through it, continuing our old patterns, not taking time to reflect and possibly repent and establish new habit patterns, or we can actually do what would be good, which is to say, okay, this is a time of reset and I'm gonna redeem the quarantine. I'm going to actually take this time to perhaps stop old habit patterns and begin new ones and try to look and experience God and his presence in a fresh new way. Now, there's no question there are some in our culture right now who are simply trying to muddle through or muscle through. For example, I don't know if you saw this week, but I was really grateful to hear in our own state that the governor uh, pointed out and passed out when he was approached by some pro-life legislators that abortion clinics are obviously not mandatory essential services. They are at present trying to ignore this order. You can certainly be praying that they will be shut down. But this is going on because there are people who are trying to proclaim that abortion is a mandatory service. One has to have a special kind of brain-dead stupidity to believe that or, or complete wickedness, but that's one of the things that's going on. Completely ignoring a chance to repent, uh, but rather trying to press through. Uh, another thing that's gone on, you may not have heard this, people have laughed as I've told them, but because there's no sports right now, it created a question, uh, well, people normally gamble on sports, so what are we gonna do? Well, some Las Vegas executives came out and said they were going to help people through this time of quarantine. They have actually opened up ways that you can bet on the weather. I wish I was making this up, but I am not. They're looking for ways to bet on the weather. Not asking, well, maybe all the gambling I've been doing and needing to do all that to watch sports, maybe that wasn't the best thing. No, if I can't do it on sports, let's try to bet on the weather. 
most of you have probably seen where the college students went down on spring break to Florida. Many of them were touting they didn't care about coronavirus. They were making fun of it. Not surprisingly, a number of them have now come down with coronavirus themselves, but they said they were not going to let it disrupt their lives. One of the most common ways it's been going on, because hopefully nobody listening to me actually went down to the beaches like that and, and flouted all of the laws, but in Europe, what many people have been doing, which I think is a great temptation for us, is they're trying to Netflix their way through the quarantine. Now, what that has done is there are so many people who are streaming movies, and it's not just Netflix, of course, but Netflix is the largest streaming service. And so the European Union has been approaching Netflix and saying, we may need you to slow down the speed at which you're streaming the movies because it's bogging down our entire internet infrastructure. Because basically, rather than redeeming the quarantine, people are simply putting their head down and trying to muddle through and Netflix their way through it. I will just overdose on reruns of old sitcoms or watching a movie for the 10th time. None of these are the proper way. These are all examples of just continuing on blindly in my old pattern of life, ignoring the divinely appointed opportunity for a reset. It's a waste of what God would call us to do. So I want to point out to us, and I'm just going to cover these briefly, but I want to give eight different ways that you might consider redeeming the quarantine. Again, I'm going to run through these quickly, but I want you to take the time to think through them and ask, how would God have you to do it? The first one is, if there's somebody here who's listening and watching and you've uh, never given your life to Jesus Christ, you are not a Christian. And being a Christian does not mean I'm an American, so I guess I'm basically a Christian or any other nationality. We become Christians by actually consciously repenting of our sin, realizing that we deserve the wrath of God, and looking to Jesus Christ for salvation, that he lived in our place, died in our place, bore the wrath of God for our sins, and has been raised to life that we might know and love and enjoy God for eternity. If you have never done that, I want to tell you right now, God has given this reset as a chance for you to make that most important shift in your life. You were not created to live apart from a relationship with God. You and I were made to know and love and glorify and enjoy God forever. And if you have never established a conscious relationship with God through Jesus Christ, I want to urge you right now, let that be the reset. Let that be the button that you would push right now. It will make uh, this time of quarantine the best time of your life. It will redeem the quarantine completely if you would turn to Jesus Christ. If you've been sobered by your own mortality, as we are heading here into Easter, because you're seeing the statistics and you're worried about things, I want you to know Jesus Christ is Lord of life and he is Lord over death. There is no time like the present. Now is the day of salvation. Look to him. For the rest of us, if you are, I want to give us a few more things. A second thing that we can do is we can establish or renew a daily time with God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit in Scripture and prayer. You and I were made for a daily relationship with God. 
We were made to know God and to walk with him, to meditate on his word and to talk with him in prayer. And I want to be clear, if you do not do this, if we're not doing this, you will not have the strength to make it through this time accomplishing what God would want for you to accomplish. You may just make it through, but you will miss what God is calling you to do if it does not start with daily time in God's word and in prayer. You and I need to be praying. We need to be praying more now, not less. We need to be praying for our city, for our state, for our nation, and this world. We need to be crying out for God to be working in the midst of this uh, coronavirus situation. Now, life oftentimes gets so busy and this gets crowded out, even for Christians. If we're honest, we have to admit sometimes life crowds this out. Well, this divinely appointed reset is a time where we can redeem this time by reestablishing, by renewing, and if you've never done it before, establishing for the first time this vital practice. Another thing that we can do is we can ask the Holy Spirit to reveal and remove sin. If you look in the scripture and down through history, the number one thing that happens in times of plague or famine or great difficulty that are spreading around the world is people cry out to God and say, Lord, is there some sin you are speaking to us about? And in fact, if you read like Daniel chapter 9, you can see Daniel's prayer near the end of the exile, where Daniel, who is pointed out as being a very righteous man on his own, but he is repenting on behalf of his nation. So we need to be seeking the Lord, both for ourselves and our nation. We need to repent on behalf of our nation, but I do want to speak and say, have you sought the Holy Spirit? Have you asked him, is there some sin in my life that you are wanting to reveal to me? And friend, I want to remind you, this is not because God's just joyfully wanting to judge you and I for sin. Sin sucks away and destroys your joy. It deforms who you were meant to be and who I was meant to be. So when the Holy Spirit shines a light on that, he's doing that because he wants your joy. He wants you to have the abundant life that Jesus Christ came to give you. But to do that, we need to understand our sin and we need to repent of it. So take some time to ask the Spirit to show you that. And on behalf of our nation, again, please be crying out to God and repenting on behalf of the sexual immorality, the abortion, the slander, the dissension, all the things that are going on in the culture. There is plenty for us to do. Another thing you could be doing, this is the fourth, Turn to Jesus if you've never done that. Establish or renew daily time in the prayer and word, asking the Holy Spirit to uh, show us sin and help us to repent. The fourth thing is spend some extra time reading good books. It's not that we can't watch movies. Certainly all of us can watch TV and movies. I'm glad we've got some things like that. But friend, if what we have done during this is saying, well, I got more hours than I've ever had, so I've doubled my TV watching time, we, we are wasting the time rather than redeeming the time. Perhaps consider in the evenings turning off the TV and there's some books you've been wanting to read, pick them up and read them. Uh, first off, the scripture, of course, but secondly, maybe some other books. I personally, have, I'm reading through the works of Francis Schaeffer this year. It's a five volume set. It's pretty hefty and, and Schaeffer has got some rather rigorous writing about some uh, fairly intellectual topics. But it's been a joy for me in the evenings to just sit down. Some other evenings where I might have just sat down and flicked on the TV, 
while I was, you know, eating a bowl of ice cream or having a glass of wine, I now have been sitting down and saying, rather than flipping on the TV, I'm just actually going to sit down and read some Francis Schaeffer while I'm doing that. So maybe there's some books like that that you want to do. I want to turn from a personal thing to a little bit more with our families, if you have family. A fifth thing is establishing or renewing regular family devotions or prayer. Parents, I want to be as clear as I can. Listen to me. You need to have regular, virtually daily devotions with your children. Reading the Word of God to them. Reading other great works like the Chronicles of Narnia or Pilgrim's Progress. Getting a good children's version like I mentioned. Spending time in prayer with them. If you have not been doing that, now is the time. They're not in school. Your life has been changed. You're not going out and doing things in the evening that you would normally do. Spend time with them. There is no excuse for a Christian parent listening to me right now to come out of this time and not have established a regular habit of family devotions. There is no excuse at all. We will not have redeemed the quarantine if we don't. But even for couples, I encourage you, either maybe in the Word or maybe praying together, Linda and I have been spending more time in prayer together now. Again, we're in a different situation. Linda is, in fact, because of her uh, autoimmune uh, situation with rheumatoid arthritis, she is pretty much restricted to our house. One way we're redeeming the time is spending more time in prayer together. I encourage you to do that. Another thing is you can reconnect as a family. Perhaps you haven't been eating dinner together as much as you would like to. Uh, I encourage you to do that. Maybe husbands and wives haven't spent as much time. We're, we've been like ships passing in the night. Well, now the ships are restricted to the harbor. Let's spend time together in prayer and in the Word and the things like we've talked about, but even just talking with each other. Even if you can't go out last uh, week, we couldn't go out, but I just declared it was kind of a dinner date for Linda and I, made a nice meal, we sat down, we did some things, we prayed together, and then we actually picked a movie out and watched a movie. I encourage you to spend time doing that. Parents, if you've got kids, after you've done family devotions, maybe go in the backyard and play catch, or maybe pull out a game and play a game together. If you haven't uh, done that recently, now's the time to do it. Spend more time talking with them and reading with them. Let's redeem the time. Two more things, and, and then I'll close. The first thing, uh, or it's actually the seventh on our list, is I want to encourage you to establish or maintain a habit of weekly worship. Very often today in America, everything is so busy, Fewer and fewer people gather with God's people virtually every week. Well, friends, we are called to gather with God's people regularly. Not when it's convenient, we make everything else fit around it. Well, now it's going to be much easier to do that. But here's the challenge. To do this, we can't just put our head down and muddle through. We need to be proactive. I want to challenge you every Sunday at 10 a.m., redeem the quarantine maintain the habit of gathering around to participate in worship together. It's not the same thing as being together, but you and I can do it and let's keep the habit. And I encourage you, don't watch worship. I didn't say gather around and watch this. Gather around and worship together as a family, as an individual, establish that par uh, pattern. Parents, 
we're putting out children's ministry materials each week, both the, the guides and things. And right now we've even been putting out some videos. I encourage you, sit down with your children, let them go through that and learn and instruct and go through it together. Let's keep the habit of weekly worship. And then the final thing is, are there any other habits God is prompting me to establish or renew? Perhaps it's exercise or fasting or maybe cooking and eating better than I have. No time like the present. Maybe it's taking time to call or write others. I walked in the other day and Linda was, uh, she's been painting some rooms and she was taking a break and she was handwriting out a letter to all of our grandchildren each of them getting one, just so they would get something in the mail. That's a great way of redeeming the time. My wife is probably embarrassed and looking at me right now uh, as she's listening to this, but it's a great example of specifically what I'm talking about. Do something maybe you haven't had the time to do, like writing a letter or doing something. Maybe it's art or a project that hasn't been finished, you've been wanting to work on. Use this time to do that. Again, maybe it's even if your family you know, we've wanted to have a family game night. Now is the time to do it. Establish it and work through it. So I want to encourage you, friends, don't try to survive this time. Don't survive the time. Redeem the quarantine, okay? Don't survive the time. Redeem the quarantine. So how do I apply this? Just two questions, and they'll be brief. Number one, have I been muddling through or have I been redeeming the quarantine? I'm asking you to stop for a second and honestly ask myself to this point, over these last several weeks, which have I been doing? Have I pretty much just been muttering and frustrated and putting my head down and I'm just trying to muddle and get through this or, and say I want to get back to normal life? Or have I been stepping back and saying, what is God speaking? What is God doing? How can I make the most of this opportunity? Friend, this is a time for reset. Thanks be to God we're not sent into exile. But it is a time for reset. Are we responding that way? How have you been doing so far? And that leads to the second question, because I'm assuming at the conclusion of this teaching that we're not going to keep muddling through, even if we have been, but we're going to try together to redeem the quarantine. Where is God specifically calling me for a reset in my life? Now, we're putting up on the screen those eight areas. I'm not going to go through them again. They're up there, and I want you to take a minute and look at them. And I want you to not just watch. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, which of these is he speaking to you? Because, friend, you can't do all eight of these. Which of these is he speaking to you right now as you consider these? Is it you're not even a believer and he's calling you to Jesus for salvation? Then, friend, act. Today is the day of salvation. Today's the day of reset. Or perhaps it's one of these other things if you're already a believer. Which one is the Lord speaking to you? And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit. I want you to draw upon the Spirit's power to reset and redeem the quarantine. That's what we're being called to do. So what we're actually going to do now is we're gonna have a response song and the lyrics are gonna be up here. This is a song that we don't sing all the time. 
but it's an old hymn that you've probably heard if you've been around very much. And it's called, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus, Just to Take Him at His Word. I want you to sing through and pay attention to these lyrics and, and for us to freshly give ourselves over to God and to let Him work in us so that we can experience this reset for our good and that we will redeem the quarantine. Let's go ahead and close with a word of prayer, and then I'll speak God's word of blessing and benediction over us. Father, we admit that it is sweet to trust in Jesus. When we do that, Lord, we find how walking with you is such a joy. But Father, sometimes when we go through these times of disruption, it's difficult. I, I admit, Father, I personally, as a, a person who is disciplined and structured, I find it very difficult sometimes when things aren't the way I want them to be, when my schedule and my plans are disrupted. Father, would you forgive me when I get so wrapped around that that I'm missing what your Holy Spirit is speaking. Lord, we are in a time, a societal time of reset. We didn't want it. We didn't call for it. But here we are. But as your people, O oh Lord God, we are looking and saying nothing is outside your control. So we're taking this as a divinely appointed time of reset. And Lord, by your Holy Spirit, we want to redeem the quarantine. We don't want to just get through this and then try to go back to life as normal. Father, we want to come out of this better than we went in. Lord, we want to come out of this stronger than we went in. We want to come out of this closer to you than when we went into this time. And so we cry out for your Holy Spirit to come. Lord, let your Holy Spirit fall on each of us. Speak to us. Show us where you are working. And may we respond, Lord, during this time of reset. May we be found redeeming the quarantine by seeking you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, hearing your word, and then being empowered by your spirit and your grace to obey. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Now, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you. God bless you, my friends. I pray this week you will redeem the quarantine. And as you have opportunity, remember you are blessed. So be a blessing to others. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Bay Ridge Christian Church. For more teachings and resources, please visit www.brcc.church.